Welcome back, everybody, to Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership, spirits, and everything in between. All right, Super Soul Sunday is in the books. I'm back in the lab with my main man, Lil C. Clinton Robert Latane. That's me. Yeah, that's him. He's looking fresh. He's got a boot on his foot, surgery complete. How do you feel? How do you feel? Not as good. You've got a lot of energy today. I, I got a lot of. I'm, I'm off the wagon, my friend. I'm oh, off the wagon. Yes. Oh, you were gonna do the S word, but you caught yourself. We have explicit. You're allowed to say shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are the kids? In the it's room? not for the kids. <laughs> I so you, totally caught myself. Yeah, like, yeah. Wait a second. No, Where's Robson? You're okay. Here? You're okay, my man. Oh I'm shit. Just, I'm just glad you're back. Yes. Uh, you're safe. Uh, I'm going to say you're healthy, but you're you're on the mend. So, I'm on the mend, uh, yeah. Well, I'm week in. Uh, it's been a tough week. i got one more week to go, and then I'm off crutches, and then I'm walking in the boot for another week, and then I'm done. But you, you look good, and you look fresh, and you, that, that needed to happen. So a yeah. uh, little foot surgery, no big deal, everybody, but he's back. Uh, this week, so season two, episode four, got some amazing stuff for you. We're going to talk about handling winning, staying humble, respecting the process as well we're going to talk about trust in leadership the importance of having trust how do we earn it and how do we maintain it and the cocktail selected by uh clint here is the new york sour i'm super excited to try it out uh a little bit of wine on top so we're we're, we're really dabbling yeah, in yeah. like wine float wine float so we're really dabbling in uh in the recipes for our cocktails and we're really enjoying it and we'll share that recipe with you guys on our Twitter feed. Uh, top, check us out at Top Shelf One Two Three Four Five. Clint created it. There's a lot of numbers, <laughs> but uh, you name. know, it's, it's uh, One Two Three Four Five. It's like our passcode for my house. So if you want to come in, uh, the door code is One Two Three Four Five. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Here we go. Ready. So I, I want to start something fresh. We always start something new. Uh, just announced. Uh, I was a little bit unnerved or unhinged when I heard about it, but uh, Uber announced in Canada that they are going to be uh, recording um, trips while you, um, you order Uber on a cab ride or Uber ride. They're going to be doing audio recording of your of your ride. Both the rider and the and the driver can record, and Uber will um, store that information on their server in the U.S. Clint, I'm unnerved, a little bit unhinged, but how do you feel about it? Like, what what are your thoughts on them having the ability to record? I'm so I'm, I'm different camp. I actually am not too concerned. I, I'm surprised they haven't been doing this since day one. To be honest with you, I I thought that they probably had been recording video and potentially audio since day one. But I'm I'm surprised that they're actually recording audio now. Just just starting to. So yeah. For me, and they're recording and and storing the audio in um, the Uber atmosphere, which is in the U.S., and there is um, no data sovereignty. A lot of people don't understand what data sovereignty is. It's it's where in Canada we have a data sovereignty laws. The Canadian government can't ask or obtain the information 
Um, in the U.S., there is no data sovereignty. So if the U.S. government asks for the information or data, they can just be provided it. So. Yeah. So if you're somebody that's concerned with like where you're going, how you're doing, what you're talking about, then I'm sure that that's going to be a problem, right? But for the everyday kind of average Joe, yeah. um, and what I read is that it's encrypted. Uh, the driver has no access to it whatsoever. It's it's owned by Uber, and that Uber will only access that data if there's a safety concern that's raised by the driver. So what if the what if the passenger says, "Hey, I'm concerned." Only the driver has the ability? Because if I'm a passenger and, and the driver's drunk, no, no, I would so, like to flag, hey, like he so sorry. So Uber, up. Uber owns it. It's encrypted by Uber. They will access it if there's a safety concern raised, whether it's by the driver or the passenger. Okay. So passenger calls passenger, in and says, hey, yeah, I think yeah. the driver is drunk. Then Uber's got access to the audio and, and potentially the video. And they're going to look at that and they'll probably create a file and a report. And then they'll, you know, they'll investigate. Right? Yeah. So. And we were talking about this earlier and... You know, this is a bit of a snowball effect because, you know, everything's listening to us constantly. So yes. what stops us? What stops? What's, where's that next line, you know, of recording? It's, it's everywhere, right? Yes. It's, it's so if we're not comfortable with it, we just need to learn to be comfortable with it or get off the grid. Is that what we're... It's going to be like Minority Report when Tom Cruise has his eyeballs swapped out. Remember that scene? Yeah. Because yeah. the government scans your eye, your retina everywhere you go. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like everything we see in these movies in the last 20, 30 years is actually coming to fruition and like, it's all happening. Like, yeah. we're being we're, recorded. We're, we're, we're advanced. We're very advanced right now. It's so. crazy. Yeah. Um, and te- we, we can't stop technology. Technologies keep going. We have AI, ChatGPT. We talked about ChatGPT. Um, we'll have an episode on ChatGPT uh, later in the coming months where we may interview a ChatGPT robot. So it'll be kind of fun. That so, would be dope. Yeah, it'd be that really be cool, so right? Cool. Yeah. Um, so let's put a button in it. We're going to jump from the Uber audio recordings. We're going to go into handling winning. And, and doing it and staying humble, doing it. If you were part of the 113 million, and I'm not lying, 113 million people that were watching the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles last Sunday, you would have seen Kansas City defeat the, the Eagles. But the way it went after the Eagles um, had lost and the, and the Chiefs had won. Patrick Mahomes handled himself as a true leader and professional, very modest, very humble in his approach, uh, in his speeches and, and recognition of, of winning the Super Bowl. I would say Travis Kelsey, on the other hand, really kind of lit the match for me. He kind of really pushed the buttons of what a true leader, a true winner shouldn't do. And, and I enjoy you. I know you want to enjoy the moment, but kind of really yelling and screaming how good you are. We, we get it. We, we, you have to be a professional. And yeah. um, you, I want to be, compa- as, a, as a winner, I want to be compassionate. And because I know the efforts that go into to the games and the sport. And as a leader in business, losing doesn't feel good. Because that, that could be the end of a career. That could be the end of a, a job at a, at a company. Because there's a lot on the line at that point in time. So... Or it just could be a learning opportunity as well. Right? Could be, yeah. That that was exactly what Jalen Hurts mentions. Was it was a learning opportunity for him? Um, he's not going anywhere. He's a, a elite quarterback. But at the same time, we want to we want to learn from it, and and how we handle winning it. You know, we, we want to be 
um, charismatic and try to keep you know the crowd involved but at the same time too we want to learn to share and we're at the top of that mountain right so we're we won we're at the top of the mountain we look back we look down and we got to go back down again so winning isn't isn't going to be continual we're always going to have to work so we want to enjoy that moment but at the same time there's another mountain to climb yeah, and back to that point and back to the point we were just talking about is winning and losing are both just a moment in time. They're just one moment and whether it's in a sports career or it's in your career at work, that's a finite opportunity. Like that's something yeah. that's happening just right now and you have to think past that. Unless that's, you know, you're Tom Brady and this is your last Super Bowl, then you go out with a flair and you can you can say whatever you want to say. Sure. Yeah. But like Travis Kelsey, he may get traded one day to a team where he wants to win another Super Bowl with. Like, why burn those bridges? We talked about in the last podcast. Yeah, burning bridges. Yeah, You're burning bridges. I like it. You know, for me, I, I read this online, so I'm not going to take it as my own. But it's you need to stay humble within victory, confident within your failures, and be quiet about both. And there was a quote by Wayne Gretzky, which I thought was totally nailed this, was Wayne Gretzky said, and this is a famous quote by Wayne, Say nothing when you lose and say less when you win. And to me, that just summed it all up, right? Yeah. Like true, true professionals, true leaders, they're quiet when they win because they know they've already, they've, they made that ultimate achievement. What else is there to say? There's nothing else to say, right? There's At no, that point, it's childish. And you gain respect from the people you defeated by not saying anything because, mm-hmm. you know, you're staying humble. You're, you're, you know, working at something, and you you know you defeated the the people, or in a, in business you you beat somebody out for new business. They work just as hard as you. It just it could have been the the flip of a coin, or just one mistake that was made. And we 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 witnessed it and we saw it. So I mean, you wanna you wanna enjoy the win for sure. Right, Cel- and, and, ce- and celebrate and celebrate sure. the win because Absolutely. there's so much effort. But you yeah. know what? You can do that behind closed doors, right? You can do that, uh, but not on the main stage, right? And and yelling and screaming at how great you are and you're you know you're the best ever. No one's ever the best ever. There's no such thing as the goat because someone will eventually be For the sure. next greatest ever. You're I've- you're great in a moment of time, and you've reached your pinnacle in a moment of time. But everyone will achieve to to overcome you now. Right? I'm okay with celebrating on the main stage because everybody does it. Yeah, right? of course. But stay humble. Yeah. It is the comments where I'm the greatest of all time or I oh, told you worst. that we were going to win. Yeah. I told you that oh, those I guys that sucked. I told you it was right? And you're actually putting the, the, uh, yeah. your, your opponents down. I like the people that win championships. They stay humble and, they, and then they brag about their opponents. I think there was I forget who it was, but somebody said I felt like Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of the of the Eagles, should have won the MVP, even though they didn't. He didn't win the Super Bowl. He played that well that he should have won the MVP, mm-hmm. and that's coming yeah. from a, a you know an opposing team member, right? Like uh, those those are moments where I think we're we're lifting each other up, and you're actually carrying the sport forward. Or in our case, you know, as a leader, you're carrying your team forward because there's going to be winners and losers on your team as well, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't want to continue to praise the one person that that's winning constantly. How do you make it so that the person that's losing constantly actually wants to achieve what the other person's winning? And sometimes that's within congratulating and actually celebrating at that level, right? Yeah. So. And as a leader, when you're winning those 
awards or contracts or business. If you're staying humble, your team stays humble because you're the leader. People follow the leader. So if you're sure. the one full of bravado, your team feeds off of that and then changes how they operate. Yeah. So you're building a group and a team that's humble. And that's being humble is, I think, more well-respected than being the boisterous ones that belittle the losers. 100%. Yeah. All right, we're going to jump from being humble and handling winning. We're going to jump to trust in leadership and the importance of trust and how do we earn it? How do we maintain it? I'm going to give you a little story of, uh, of an executive um, leader that I worked with. But the, four, the, the five letter word trust and how do we earn it? How do we maintain it? And it needs to be owned as a leadership. Without it, um, no one's going to follow you. No one's going to be able to communicate with you because they don't trust you. Brene Brown says it best. You know, trust is earned, not given. It's like filling up a jar. So she mentions referencing a jar and you're filling it up with jelly beans. Each time you work with uh, a person or an individual or a client and they do something trustworthy, you drop a couple of jelly beans in and you fill up, you slowly start to fill up the jar, mm-hmm. right? I've worked with an individual fairly recently within the last year. Um, he was president of the company and we were out having lunch. I was been working for the company for about three months and we sat down and, and trust is a big thing for him. He's an old school kind of leader. He sat, we were sitting down, sitting down having lunch and he said, um, do you trust me? And I said, well, to Brene Brown, I live that to Brene Brown's uh, messaging. I said, well, we earn trust. So I trust you to a degree, like a small level, like let's say the jar, I, I use the jar scenario. I, you know, the jar, I say, you're about the quarter way full of the jar. Some of the things you've done, I trust some of the things you've done, I'm just not on board with, but we're, we're, I'm, you're earning the trust. We're earning the trust together. And I expect the same thing in return. So I've done some things and I, and I hope you, you know, you don't outwardly trust me as a whole. Unfortunately, this individual got very upset. He did the 24 hour rule. So he let it percolate a little bit and he came back and said, I'm very upset that you don't explicitly trust me. We, we haven't got to that point where we, I trust you. You've actually, by, by having this comment, you've taken the jelly beans out of the jar. And now I've, I've lost trust with you because you want explicit trust without earning it. Totally. Yeah. And for me, trust is earned. And it, trust is, is full transparency. I, I appreciate the fact that he was transparent, that he was upset about it. For sure. But at the same time, I didn't ha- have that... F- feeling of safety around him i would like to i would like to challenge whoever that individual like i would like to say give me a real world scenario where you should explicitly trust somebody like imagine like you're in vietnam and you just got sent over and you're out of training camp and now you're with a new platoon you don't know any of these guys and some guys like hey you run up the field there and check for mines but don't worry, like, I got your back. I'm going to cover you or whatever. Like, like, how do you trust that person? Like, you just met them. And in your case, you worked with them for a few months. Like, you have to build trust. You have to go through a few battles together. You have to see them having your back and actually building that trust. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I can't think of a real world example where you just explicitly trust somebody without them actually building it. I don't know. Yeah, and if, when you get defensive that you don't trust me, it's a process. Like trust is a process, and it's not a given right by any leader that your team just trusts you. Just because you had some historical success at other companies doesn't mean explicitly I trust you. Your successes in the past aren't successes in the future, right? It's it's earned, and and there's there's a level of integrity and 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 strength behind it. And you you know I always you know trust you know walk the walk and talk the talk and a, and a good uh, quote is trust happens when leaders are transparent if you're not transparent with me yeah how can i we we can only fill the jar so full so we can only maybe get to the halfway point so i halfway trust you without the transparency i can't fill it I can't feel that. that well, it, I think it's two way too. Like you need your employees to trust you, but you also need to trust your employees. And both parties need to show each other and build that trust. Fill the jar full of jelly beans. Yeah, fill right? the jar. Right. Trust is a foundational piece of any relationship. Now, outside of leadership, like your relationship with your kids or your wife or your friends, if you don't have trust, you have nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And. You're right. It's not a God-given right to just say, I trust you because I have no reason to not trust you. You know, we yeah, talked no about the, reason not trust you. Yeah. yeah. The example I gave earlier, we we're chatting about this pre, pre-recording was Dangerous Minds, the movie with the Coolio song yeah, and Michelle, Pfeiffer, and Michelle Pfeiffer, where she's like, everybody gets an A until you prove to me that you don't deserve an A. That world doesn't exist. It, it doesn't exist for a reason because you have to actually earn shit in real life and trust is one of those things yeah yeah it's not it's not a given and it's it takes work and effort like it's not it it it, just because and i mentioned it earlier just because you you were successful in the past doesn't mean you're successful now things change your attitude changes you you could be jaded the industry uh, changes the industry changes everything life changes and you know, this individual was a little bit older, so a different old school mentality. Trust my word. In this day and age now, a lot of things have to be CYA. Uh, emails, documentation, connection. It's not a, you know, handshake deal. It's not a agreement on a napkin. It takes time and effort. Like, it takes me, personally, time and effort to trust a person. And if you lose trust... You really got to put the effort in to earn it back, right? 100%. I'm not going to write anyone off. I always, I always, you know, I always, I'm a guy that offers that second opportunity. Unless it's illegal or explicit. But I always like to give somebody that second chance. For sure. And to, right. to earn it and earn the, earn the trust back. So you can empty the jar. But if we can slowly build trust again as a leader, because I don't want to write anyone off. Because... I think people have the ability to change, but it, you, you can prove me wrong, and you prove me wrong twice. I don't give out three strikes. It's not baseball in, in business. Two strikes for me, and you're out. Yeah, right. Um, well, trust is gone, right? Trust is gone, and you, if you if you don't earn it back again, then you know. Fool, well, your two strike rule is two know, strike rule. It's two fool strike. me once. You know, shame on shame me. On me. Yeah. Fool me twice, shame on you, because I'm not getting fooled twice, right? No, in business, in life, I can't afford. I can't afford three strikes in life. So, mm-hmm. 
All right, so what we're gonna do next, and I'm gonna wheel over. We just got um, our, our, I'll say our booze cart, but our alcohol cart, because Clint's foot is uh, damaged and, and he's got stitched up. We got a, uh, an amazing glass um, alcohol cart. I'm wheeling it over to Clint. And oh, I, mi- I missed the sound bit here in our, our first uh, part. You're not gonna bring it back. Oh, yeah. It's too late. It's just too late to oh, apologize. Yeah, it's too late. It's too late. God damn it. We'll have to bring it up another time. Um, so Clint's going to make us a New York sour. And he's he's going to slowly do it. And I'm going to give you the origin story of the of the New York sour. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Drum roll. Drum, I'll tell him what's in it, but I'll tell him the origin story first. So thought to have been first made in the 1880s by a bartender in Chicago. I don't know who writes this. I'm just reading it verbatim but i'm gonna do it in a in a great voice this drink was originally named the continental sour and then southern whiskey sour also masquerading as a brunswick sour so maybe canadian content in there and claret snap before becoming best known as the new york sour probably after a bartender in manhattan started serving the drink inside this delicious cocktail We have two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of lemon juice, three quarter ounces of simple syrup, one egg white, half ounce of red red wine floated on top. And uh, how to float something on top is we uh, put the spoon, uh, a, a, a small spoon flipped over so you got the round edge and you basically pour the wine over top of the spoon and just just floats it uh, we, we yeah. referenced the tequila sunrise where we saw the red on top that's exactly what uh, reversal of that where the red sits on on top versus the bottom yeah tequila sunrise red on the bottom to get the the wine to float on top if you just pour wine right in it's just going to sink to the bottom and it turns into a pink cocktail yeah pink drink yeah if you slowly pour it on the back of a spoon it will just rest on top and it's it's actually quite lovely yeah this is uh, quite a fancy drink i'm i'm super excited about it clint's got uh, ice cubes going into the uh into the, the glasses right now all right, and our bourbon uh, for today is uh, Bullet Bourbon Frontier Whiskey. Kentucky Straight Bourbon, 45% alcohol by volume. Clint's got the shaker going, and I freshly squeezed the lemon juice, organic lemons, uh, earlier today so we wouldn't have such a mess. And he's pouring the drink into each glass. It's a little bit cloudy from the shaking and the um, lemon juice. It looks fantastic, though. We're, we're, and we're, we're only talking about two ounces here, so it fills about a quarter of the glass with our, uh, our ice. I'm very interested to see the floating of the wine. So Clint's slowly pouring the red wine over top of the, of the cocktail. I will take a photo of this. He's... He's slowly pouring it over top. And we're gonna take we're gonna take a photo. Alright. Yours looks really good over there. I spilt a little on my phone. Spilt a little on the phone, but, but phones all good. phones are uh, waterproof now. Cheers. Nostravie. Yours looks super cool. 
that smells good. Oh, that's delicious. Isn't that nice? That wow, wow, wee wow. Yeah, it's, it's just got a really like it feels good in the so, mouth. That, the wine it must is, be the, yeah. the I was pressing that that lemon with like with love. Oh, you're gonna make a mess of your oh, shorts. I got, I got red wine state. over my white red pants. Red. Oh no, that's a taupe pants. <laughs> Hold on here. Let me just have one more sip. This is, and I'm off the wagon, so I'm loving every minute of it. Oh, it's uh, perfect wow. time to be fully leaded. Yeah, I'll drink a few of those. It's pretty dangerous, to be honest. That's quite nice. Yeah, yeah. it's basically a whiskey sour with a little bit of uh, egg white and uh, and a wine floater on top. And it uh, honestly, it uh, that pays the bills right there. It feels yeah, really good. It pays the bills. It has a. Um, it actually looks quite lovely in the glass. I would say use the word lovely, but it looks it looks super cool in the glass with the red on top and the 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 yellowy kind of hint on the bottom. Um, but it tastes fantastic. And something I will post online with the uh, Top Shelf 12345 on Twitter. I'll post us the recipe so that you guys can make it. But uh, this is a fairly simple thing to make. Simple syrup. Some uh, lemon juice, which you can you can buy pre-made lemon juice. But you can... You, can, um, you don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You can, you, can, you can squish it yourself or you can... You know, get it out yourself with lemons, <laughs> um, bourbon. You can buy it in any store. And and red, it, we're, I'm not going to say we used expensive red wine. It's just cheap red wine, but it tastes amazing. It's all you need. Yeah, it's all absolutely. You need. Just for the flavor and the color. Just for the flavor and color. Um, so that's us wrapping it up for tonight. I had an amazing time with you. I love sharing. We're going to continue to go. This is episode total number seven. We're going to go till 700 or until old age takes us away. But uh, here's myself, Jason Krause, signing out with my main man, Little C. Clinton, Robert Latain. Love you guys. So before we go, you said I had a good time with you. Are you talking about me or them? Uh Okay. Them. All right, all right, yeah. okay. I was going to say, the feeling's mutual. I, I said goodbye already, and now you brought me back in. Yeah, you're back in. Oh, you got to sign out again. Oh, signing out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, love you guys. Uh, we're looking forward to the next episode. We're out of here. <laughs>